We're in the midst of a preaching series on the songs from Scripture, a specific subcategory of which are the canticles. The term canticle derives from the Latin canticum, meaning song. And canticles are songs derived from the Bible. They have different themes and uses, and they've been used traditionally as a call to worship and as responses to readings since the early centuries of the church. The most widely used canticles in Christian worship over the centuries are four in number. The Benedictus, or Zechariah's song, the Sanctus, or Mary's Magnificat, and the Nunc Dimittis, or Song of Simeon, all three of which are found in the Gospel of Luke. The fourth traditional canticle sung by the church is the subject of today's sermon. It is the Benedicite, or Song of the Three Young Men, so-called from its opening words in Latin, Benedicite, Omnia, Opera, or Bless All the Works. The first thing to say is that the text of this canticle is not part of the canon of Scripture. The passage is omitted from Protestant Bibles because it is viewed as part of the apocryphal tradition. And so, because it belongs in the Apocrypha, it is, it is regarded as optional or an addition. Yet, despite the origin of this canticle as a non-canonical source, it has been included in the Book of Common Prayer. At the time of the Reformation, the Church of England retained the three canticles from Luke, and it also retained the Benedicite as an alternative to the Te Deum in the order of service for morning prayer, where it can be used following the first scripture lesson. The second thing to say about this canticle is that though it is non-canonical, it, along with the Apocrypha in general, is seen to have some value for believers. As Article 6 of the 39 Articles of Religion says of such apocryphal works, including this canticle, quote, the church doth read them for example of life and instruction of manners, but yet doth not apply them to establish any doctrine. So the church uses this canticle in its liturgy because of its belief that, though deriving from the apocryphal tradition, it can be useful for example of life and instruction of manners. So given these parameters, what is there in this canticle that is worthy of example of life and instruction of manners? Before answering this, let's examine where the canticle comes from. In the apocryphal version of the text, it is inserted between verses 23 and 24 of Daniel chapter 3, as we have just heard. Verse 23 says, And these three men, that is, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, firmly tied, fell into the blazing fire. Following this verse, in the apocryphal tradition, the insert of the Benedicite occurs, the words of which are put into the mouths of Daniel's three friends. You will recall that they had 
being cast into the furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar as punishment for their refusal to worship the golden image he had devised of himself. And their song is a hymn of praise as they stand unconsumed in the furnace. The canticle is therefore for us an invitation to praise and is also at the same time a song of creation. It is a call for all that God has created to praise him. And each verse names a feature of the created order of the world. Three observations may be made about this canticle. First, here together we have a solicitation of the works of the Lord in heaven and on earth to bless the Creator. So the waters, the sun, the moon and stars, winter and summer, showers, winds, fire, heat, nights and days, light and darkness, and all things living, in all their variety, form, and splendor, are invoked into a chorus of thanks and praise to God the Creator. And the canticle progresses through the natural phenomena to humanity in general, through God's chosen few, up to the three whose deliverance is supposed to have called forth this hymn of praise. And the hymn is given unity by a refrain, bless the Lord, praise him and magnify him forever, repeated after each line, emphasizing that the Lord is the consistent object of blessing and praise. And the canticle has a psalm-like quality, and in this respect it echoes, for instance, Psalms 136 and 148, which have a similar litany format and theme. Second observation is that the canticle is a reminder that God reveals himself by two different books in Scripture and the book of creation. And the canticle celebrates the book of creation as a manifestation of God's glory and power. Calvin expresses well God's purpose in authoring the book of creation. I quote, In every part of the world he has written, and as it were, engraven the glory of his power, goodness, and eternity for all creatures, from the firmament even to the center of the earth, could be witnesses and messengers of his glory to all, drawing them on to seek him, and having found him, to do him service and honor according to the dignity of a Lord so good, so potent, so wise and everlasting. For the little singing birds sang of God, the animals acclaimed him, the elements feared, and the mountains resounded with him. The river and springs threw glances toward him, the grasses and flowers smiled. This canticle, then, is a reminder of divine revelation in creation. Thirdly, not only do we have an itemization of the elements in creation, physical and human, but also, collectively, these invocations represent a challenge to the claims of King Nebuchadnezzar to be worshipped and his authority acknowledged. In its catalog of all the created order, driven home by the repetition of, bless ye the Lord, praise him and magnify him forever after each, the canticle is a counter to the king's power and might, to the claim that only under him 
is their security, order, and prosperity. The canticle affirms God's created order as preeminent over the claims of worldly power. For Daniel and the Jews in exile under the oppressive power of this king, God appeared absent in their plight until, that is, God appeared in time to rescue these three youths. This canticle can be a hymn of praise for us too when there are demands on our allegiance, when we are forced to bow down before the idolatrous gods of our age in all their oppressiveness. The canticle exemplifies how we can experience the victory of God in trying circumstances or as an expression of faith in God in times when he appears absent. In these ways, the canticle is an appropriate one for example of life and instruction of manners. Amen. <laughs>